I'm kind of excited because I want to share with you a scripture tonight that's very important to me. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and it's Psalm 103. Would you open up with me to Psalm 103? What we're going to talk about tonight is God's benefit package. Now, how many of you look at the benefit package you have at work when you go for employment? Is the employment is the benefit package important to you? I think so. Nowadays, it's increasingly important, right? And so I want to share with you tonight that God actually has a benefit package for us. And sometimes people may say to us, well, why do you follow the Lord? I say, well, I like his benefit package. (laughs) Read Psalm 103 and you'll know everything that he provides for me. I'm serious. That's what it says right here. It's his benefit package. I'm going to take a moment here and I'm going to read probably down through verse 14 because I want us to get a sense of the overall passage rather than taking it, first of all, verse by verse. I want us to get a a sense of the the whole thing, okay? So let me read that, and you can follow along with me. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Nor does he treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far... He removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Isn't that exciting when you read through that? Now, unfortunately, I'm one of those people who ruin their Bibles. I'm addicted to highlighters and... Unfortunately, it turns out every word is highlighted, so that doesn't do much good. So I probably then have to switch to a different color so I can make sense out of the whole thing. And I've used several colors, one on top of the other, but that makes it kind of muddy. But anyway, isn't that a great passage about God's benefit package? And even more than the benefits that we can trust from Him, this tells us a lot about who God is. So you get a good sense of who God is, and we didn't even read to the end of the psalm. God is a great God. We get a picture of what He's like, what His character is like. 
and how he provides for each one of us. In the first two verses there, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I wonder how you are as a praiser. Would you consider yourself a good praiser? Do you praise the Lord? Do you bless his name? Are you just kind of silent? Do we treat the Lord the way we treat people close to us? I'm not going to tell you I love you. I told you that last year. Or, you know, do we speak encouraging words to one another? What does God want from us? He wants us to praise him. He wants us to glorify him. And I find that a lot of people say, gee, I don't know how to praise the Lord. I don't know how to bless the Lord. Well, first of all, think of all he's done for you. Don't you have your unique testimony of what God has done in your life? Think about it. Think of all the things. Someday make a list of what he's done for you. And when you're in prayer or when you're in worship, think of those things and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for being such a great Savior. Thank you for that time you provided the job for me. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom you gave me just when I needed it. Thank you, Lord, for the provision you sent my way when I was so discouraged. There's so many things to praise and thank him for. Don't you agree? Is it important that we speak praise? Yes, it is. Do you want to have power in your life? Be a praiser. Be a worshiper. God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. You know that verse, right? Which means we know he is the king, but basically when we praise him and we worship him, we prepare a throne for him to sit on. And I like God sitting close to me on his throne. Do you like that? Because he meets every need, he provides for everything. So I encourage you, first of all, be a worshiper, be a praiser, practice it. Sometimes we need to practice communicating with one another, don't we? We have to learn how to be positive, how to speak good things, how to encourage one another. I wonder if God needs encouragement sometimes. So we really need to praise him, to thank him, to bless him. Many people go around saying, what's my purpose in life? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What does God want me to do? I'll give you a good start. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to praise him. That's the best thing that you can do for him. Amen? And so I want to make that point here. We've studied a lot about David. And David has gone through a lot of ups and downs in his life. And there's been a lot of sin in David's life. Let me ask you, has there been any sin in your life? No? I'm in the wrong place. And so David had a lot of sin, a lot of problems. But think how he experienced God's forgiveness. Have you experienced his forgiveness? And he says he actually speaks to his soul. He speaks to his emotions. He speaks to himself and says, Praise the Lord. Bless his holy name. Everything that's within me, praise him. So I think you got the message. I'm trying to encourage you to be a praiser, to bless God. You're the only one who can do it for you. And I'm the only one who can do it for me. Look through the Bible. Look at all the titles God has given himself. Redeemer, provider, 
You know, there's so many things. Shepherd. So I encourage people when you're worshiping, when you want to praise God even in your own prayer time, say, thank you, Father, for being, you know, my God. Thank you for sending Jesus. We can praise Jesus, too. We can say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for showing me what obedience is all about. Thank you so much, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit into my life. And we can also praise the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and we can say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me, for guiding me, for bringing the Word of God alive to me. I really believe that if we take the time and decide that we want to be worshipers and praisers, we can become quite good at it. And the more a group of people praises the Lord and worships Him, more the more the presence and power of, the, of God and the Holy Spirit will work in a place. Do you realize that? Amen? Amen? We wonder sometimes why our churches don't have power. Well, not even talking about obedience. A lot of people aren't obeying God in the least. But a lot of it is because we don't have true worshipers. We don't have people who really praise the Lord. It's not something we just do. We sing a few songs to get it out of the way and make everyone feel good. It's not like having a hootenanny or a song fest. It's basically, we recognize that our first priority is praising Him and thanking Him. Amen? That was, that was kind of a commercial for you. You like that? <laughs> okay, so David... Tells himself, get on the ball, get straightened out here, soul. You don't feel like praising God. We don't usually feel like praising God, but we have to tell ourselves, do it. Tell your emotions, do it. You tell you will, do it. This is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. Now, in the next verse here, it says, forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I'm going to take a little bit of time talking about this because... Most of you don't really know me very well, and I want to share a little bit about my life, and maybe you'll like me less. I don't know. But it says, He forgives all your sins. I want to share a little bit about my testimony. I tell people all the time I got saved by mistake. Now, it wasn't God's mistake. It was my mistake. Seriously, it was. I grew up in a, what they call a BIC home, which is a Bronx Irish Catholic home. My parents were very dedicated Catholics. And I don't have to tell you, some kids are here, with the Irish part, you might guess what that goes along with. But anyway, I was a partier. But we went to church all the time. I mean, we had to live in church. Any of you come from a Catholic background? You know? The only problem is we went to church all the time, but I had a real fear of God. I didn't really enjoy religion. In fact, every Sunday when I was a kid, I used to pass out in church and get sick. That's how fearful I was of God. But we were very dedicated religionists. We even said the rosary every night on our knees. That was exciting. I'm glad we haven't continued that practice. But anyway... uh, When I got into my teen years, I found that uh, all the fear and all the regulations weren't really working. 
And I really didn't have that much time to go to confession all the time because every sin you committed, you had to confess. And I was kind of making a beeline to church all the time. So uh, as I got older, I started pulling away from Catholicism. Then I went into the Navy for four years. Uh, At that time, when I first went in the Navy, the first ship I went on, all the bulkheads were lined with liquor bottles and all that. That was even shocking to me. But anyway, uh, when I got out of the Navy, I went back to college, got my degree, got the job I always wanted, got a prime job on Wall Street, which is what I really wanted. I had a lot of things going for me. Everything that I wanted, I was receiving. It was amazing. But the only thing is I wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled. I used to party all the time. I moved into Manhattan as a single person. The Upper East Side of Manhattan, I'd be out most nights of the week, you know, meeting all different people, having all different happy hours and after happy hours and all that type of thing. And then I remember one time I had a a party at my apartment And unfortunately, when I woke up the next morning, most of the people were still there from the party, and they were laying on the floor. And I looked around, I thought, what has my life become? And I said, God, if there really is a God, why don't you do something about my life? I just cried out in desperation. Have you ever been there when everyone says you should be happy, you have everything you want, but you're not happy because you're not at peace inside? And so I prayed, God, if there really is a God, why don't you do something about my life? And I kind of forgot about it. Then I got a promotion at my job a couple of weeks later. And I became a representative for the Federal Reserve Bank. At that time, Federal Reserve was not a bad word. It was a good word. (laughs) But I got an excellent job there. I was a representative who would go out to member banks and help them with management problems and help straighten out the banks. Prime job. Loved it. It's on an executive program there. Well, on one of my business trips, someone I knew in that area invited me to come to a meeting that night. I was like, I don't want to go to a meeting, you know? And so I said no. And then about midnight, I really felt I was supposed to go. It was really strange. I didn't know what it was or what it was all about. But I decided, I called back and I said, I'll come tonight. So I came, and it was basically a group of Christians who were studying about the baptism of the Spirit. And I thought it was a very nice talk, but I had no clue what they were talking about. You know, I need to keep that in mind with unbelievers. They have no clue, actually. They have blinders over their eyes. And so we can't talk in Christianese because they really don't understand us. But back to the part of why I, was saved, why I say I was saved by mistake. After this talk, which I thought was very good, but I didn't understand it, I thought they said for everyone to come up front. Now, I was someone that never wanted people to think badly of me. I always wanted to be doing the right thing at the right time and, you know, very concerned about appearances and all that. So I thought, well, I'll go up. As I'm walking up, I look back, and it's like, where's everybody else? (laughs) Out of the crowd of people, there's only about five people. I thought, oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) And, of course, being a people pleaser, I wasn't going to turn back and be embarrassed. 
So I had to carry through with my reckless plan. So I go up there, and they had a big circle, chairs all around. People were sitting there. And as I say, they had been preparing for weeks to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they started praying. And it's like, okay, now let's go to God and ask forgiveness for our sins. I thought, I'm in big trouble here. What do I say? Pray? What do I pray? I have no idea what I pray. And then all I could remember was the Our Father, and I'm sure I got that a little mixed up, but that's what I kept saying. And then they said, well, ask for forgiveness for your sin. Well, I thought, let's see, if I break this down into majors, minors, how do I work out the categories here? This is going to be a little bit difficult. So I decided just to work on main categories. And so I asked forgiveness for main categories. I thought that's the best I can do at this moment, but I hope that works. And so anyway, I really believe at that moment the Lord really gave me saving faith. Because then I was really serious. I wanted God to forgive me. And then they said, now pray, let's pray to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and they talked about accepting Jesus as your Savior, went through forgiveness of sin and all that. I asked to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and I felt like I was being electrocuted. I probably needed to be electrocuted. I don't know. But most people don't experience him that way. But it was such a powerful experience, it completely changed my life. I mean, I knew I would never be the same again. Have any of you experienced the Holy Spirit that way? It's like, this is it. Wow. This is unbelievable. Now, I'm not encouraging people to have the same experiences. We all have different experiences. But that's how God got a hold of me. I got saved by mistake and got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, two weeks later, I moved into a house of prayer. How's that for a change of pace? I quit my job, moved out of my apartment, moved into a house of prayer, upstate New York. So that's basically how I got saved about 38 years ago. Kind of unbelieving, unbelievable, but... It shows me that God is watching out for each one of us and accepts each one of us right where we are. Amen? Amen. Now, the second part of the verse here heals all our diseases. Now, the actual meaning of the word heals is very similar to stitches. Like a doctor stitches us, our wounds makes them whole again. And this healing, I believe, involves... Not only spiritual healing, it involves emotional healing. I believe it also involves physical healing. Amen? And so, I want to share, it's kind of interesting, I was thinking about what I would share, because I'm someone who really believes that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus still heals, I believe we should expect healing. In Luke 18, Jesus told them a story, basically a parable, to tell them and to show them that they should pray always and not give up. And then this parable ends, at the end of Luke 18, it ends with the statement, but when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? So I want to share some things about healing. Hopefully you've experienced the Lord's healing in a lot of ways. I know if you're here, you've experienced His healing spiritually. 
But I want to tell you, I've experienced his healing emotionally and physically. And I'll probably share a few things, but I guess I shouldn't take too much time with this. But I really feel the Lord wanted me to as I was preparing because it's a very important topic. I listed a few things, personal things. He's healed me, my family. But I want to tell you about the yogurt man. Any of you like yogurt? Actually, you should eat yogurt every day. If you have blueberries and stuff, very good for you. That's what my doctor says. But I want to tell you about the yogurt man. After I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, brand new Christian, moved into a house of prayer, I told you. Well, there was a yogurt man who used to come to the house of prayer every week, and he would always bring a five-gallon thing of was usually lemon yogurt. And that was just his gift to us that he wanted us to know we appreciate what we were doing and all that. Well, anyway, I heard people talking at the house of prayer, and they said, oh, so-and-so, and I don't even remember his name now, but they said, so-and-so is in the hospital. He has this very bad heart problem. They don't know what they're going to do. And they need to tell his wife tomorrow that he's probably going to die because they can't treat this. His whole circulatory and his heart, circulatory system, and his heart are kind of blown, blown out. I felt such compassion. Again, I'm a new Christian, right? But I have a lot of faith. I'm a new Christian. I felt terrible. I felt compassion inside of me. You know what I'm talking about? That's not in your head. It's in your spirit where you're just burdened down. Well, anyway, the group of people that I was with in the house of prayer, they decided we were going to go to a movie, and they decided, let's stop by and pray for him before we go to the movie. Fine. So I tag along. Of course, I don't know how to minister. I don't know anything about that. Never thought about it very much. We get to the hospital room, and so we expected the, the main person or people to pray and that type of thing. And I was just standing there. And I'm standing behind him. The others are standing in front of him at his hospital bed. And they start praying. All of a sudden, I felt this strong urge to put my hand on his back. And I did that. I mean, it was kind of an overwhelming urge. I put my hand on his back, and I felt like my hand went on fire. And as I'm praying, I closed my eyes, and it was like before my eyes, a screen opened up. I could see his whole heart and circulatory system. It was the weirdest thing. And so then they finished praying. Oh, I didn't know what to do with that whole experience. As I say, no one taught me about this. No one was telling me to do this. I was just green, you know, as a Christian. And so finally, by the end of the evening, I shared with someone, I said, you're never going to believe what happened. I don't know how to explain it. And I explained about the urge to put my hand on his back and it, my hand getting like it was on fire and seeing the screen open up before me. You know, I said, I just have this feeling he was healed. And they said, well, that's interesting. You know, see what happens. The next day, before they were to tell his wife about this thing, they took more tests and all that. 
it came back he had nothing wrong with his heart. Nothing wrong with his veins or his arteries. Everything was completely healed. Now, I'm not telling you that to say, oh, look at me, that was great. I believe God used me. I'm sure he used the other people too. But I had the experience of knowing God's healing power firsthand. I wasn't taught about it. I wasn't instructed. I didn't have any biases, prejudice. I was just a, a very open young Christian. And the yogurt man was very grateful. I think he even brought two containers of yogurt. Next time. <laughs> but he would tell people all around that he got healed, and he was healed. Why am I... Parents and students, I want to thank you for being here tonight at Bash's Open House. Mm. And I hope everything was as you see fit, and we will be ending Open House in about five minutes, so drive safely. And again, thank you for being here tonight. Do you think this is some type of test for me? <laughs> Why am I sharing that with you? I really believe that we should all have a greater expectancy of God healing. Does God heal anyone? Everyone? No, he doesn't. I don't know why. I don't have the answers. God didn't tell me. But does he heal more than we expect? I believe so. I believe we should pray with people with an expectancy that God will use us. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one that even brings healing to people. It's not our gift, it's their gift. He gives them a gift of healing. If you're sick, you want the gift, right? And so it's not all about us. God is looking for people who are open, who are available. The Holy Spirit blows as He will, using whoever is available. Let me ask you, are you available to Him? Try to be available. Pray about it. Say, Lord, use me in any way you want. Don't have any prejudices. Don't have any biases. Don't say, you can't use me this way. You can't use me that way. I'm open to this way. I'm open, not open to that way. We're not in control. God is looking for people who are fully dedicated to him, who are willing to be used however he wants. Amen? Amen. And so I share that. It was kind of interesting. I wrote down several other stories, but I'm not going to have the time to do that and do justice to any of the parts of Psalm 103. But it's kind of interesting how we have to be open to him. I have listed here four things I want to share about healings he did for me, my son, my mother, different things like that, miracles, healings. But uh, as I was getting ready to come here, the Holy Spirit said, the yogurt man. The yogurt man. Oh, I remember the yogurt man. That was a long time ago. So I share that with you to perhaps encourage you to be open and to expect healing. We won't see every healing here on earth. It doesn't mean God doesn't like us or we did something wrong. God uses doctors. Some people won't be healed here, but will be healed in heaven. But I'm saying let's not block out the fact that maybe God would heal here and now and believe that and pray for that until he tells us otherwise. Amen?
So some other time, if I have a chance, I'll share with you some of the other stories. And they're not stories, they're basically testimonies. In verse 4, it says, Who redeems your life from from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. How many of you are glad you're not going to hell? I am so thankful that God gave me many chances. Another time I'll share with you two, three times I should have died, but I didn't because I'm so stubborn. I say that, uh, you know, God does things by mistake or I got saved by mistake or this happened by mistake. It's not a mistake. I'm very hard-hearted. I'm very, not hard-hearted in the sense for, for other people. I should say hard-headed. I'm a thinker. I have to have everything thought out, well thought out, and God always comes in and gets me by surprise. And so it says, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. I want you to turn to someone right now and say, I'm not going to hell. Now, isn't that enough to praise him for? Think about it. Isn't that astounding? You don't have to be worried. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to hell. Isn't that great news? I think it's wonderful news. And so when we talk about the pit, the Jews understood the pit as a portion of Sheol, which is where they burned garbage. You're not garbage to God. You're precious in His sight. And He redeemed me, and He redeemed you from the pit, and crowns us with love and compassion. Now it says here in verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. It's kind of interesting in Proverbs, it tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Maybe some of you here have a sick heart tonight because you haven't asked God for things or it seems He hasn't come through or maybe you're very discouraged. But don't give up. Ask Him again. Pray. Have faith. It says here that He satisfies your desires with good things. You have children, right? Do you find it your main job to withhold from them, to make life as miserable for them? as you possibly can. If that's true of you, would you please leave? So God is a gracious Father, as we'll read a little farther down, and He wants to help us. He wants to satisfy the desires that we have. Actually, you know, He gives us the desires of our heart, which I like to see as basically... Not that he meets everything I want and everything I say I need, but as I am following him, he places his desires in my heart. Have any of you found you've changed over the years? The things that used to want and like aren't as important anymore? And so he gives us the desires of our hearts. As we seek him, he places things in our hearts of what to pray for. And you know what? He comes through. And sometimes we may have a stretch of time where it seems it will never happen, but eventually it will. It says here, satisfy your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's kind of interesting. First of all, the word youth. What is youth like? It's a time of hope. 
It's a time of looking forward. It's a time of vision. It's a time, usually, of positivity. Great expectation. I bet you if I asked honestly here, there's a lot of people here who feel so far from youth that they wouldn't even want to talk about it. Really. I felt that way at times. Have you? So it says he, you know, meets the desires that he's placed within us so that our youth is renewed. We have a sense of vision. We have a sense of hope. We have that sense of idealism. And it's kind of interesting. It's compared to the eagle. The eagle is a very interesting bird. It's a very long-lived bird. I don't know exactly how. I haven't known too many eagles, and they haven't told me. But from what I've read, it seems like they live for a long period of time. I would estimate probably 30 to 40 years, which is a long time for a bird, right? So it says, youth is renewed like the eagles. Once a year, it appears that the eagle molts. Now, the molt is in completely everything. It's a portion. And when those feathers fall out of that particular place, new feathers come in which are great and new and work great and better than ever. And that's kind of the way that God works with us. God doesn't hit us with everything all at once. You realize that? Would you agree with that? He doesn't hit us with all our sin at once, our needs for change. He works on us area by area, little by little. And then the old falls out and the new comes in. And we experience ourselves being transformed. God is constantly transforming us. And we get transformed even more quickly, as Romans 12 tells us, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a metamorphosis that happens as we concentrate on the Word of God. The process of transformation gets quicker, more complete, and there's change that happens. God isn't working on everything in your life at one time. If you're aware, oh, I need to get rid of this, I need to get rid of that, I have a problem with this, I have a problem with that, that isn't the way that God looks at it. Be at peace. Relax. God knows what he's working on. Any of you agree with me? That there's one thing that he works on, and he finishes with that, and he works on another thing. We don't have to prove we're worthy. We will never be worthy. It's because of the blood of Jesus that we're worthy. Not through any self-effort. This isn't a self-effort religion. This is a religion where we praise God, we thank Him, we bless Him, because He did it all. And He is doing it all. What do we need to do? We need to cooperate, we need to yield, and we need to to be open. It says here in verse 6, "...the Lord works righteousness." and justice for the oppressed. We don't have to take revenge. God knows what's going on. If you've been treated treated unfairly, God's going to work it out. Can you think of any time when he's done that? He does. Just rest. And then it tells us here, he's made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. I said at the very beginning that I'm very blessed to be part of the Oasis Church. It's a great church. It's up to us to allow 
the Oasis Church to survive. The evil one is going to come, try to pit people one against the other, try to attack, try to make comparisons, try to make something look better than this or whatever. You know what I say? Don't yield to it. Because when God raises up a man like he raised up Pastor Jeff, he gives him wisdom. He tells him what to do. You and I can't take over that role. We're not the leader. We're not the pastor. We can't be someone else. And a lot of people fall in the trap of thinking that they're equal to the pastor or equal to this person or that person. We're equal as people. But we're not equal in position. And so we have to be very careful that we're never part of people or a group that tears down what God has raised up. Now, I don't know if there's been problems here or what I assume there are. I was a pastor. I told you for 20 years, I can't tell you all the heartache and, and pain as each split seemed imminent. And this one who stood up and said, I love the church, I will never leave, it's a, led the next rebellion. And so the devil doesn't want what is of God to stand. And so I'm saying here, it says that he's made known his ways to Moses. God will give the leader of the ministry, the pastor of the church, the vision, the wisdom, the instructions of how to carry out what he wants. If the leader doesn't do it, or the leader rebels himself against God's plan, God will remove the person. We are not to remove people that God has raised up. Amen? Amen. And it says, His deeds to the people of Israel. God always confirms what He's done. God will confirm His word. That's great to know, isn't it? Now I'm looking at the clock. The problem is, I guess I've gotten into pastor mode. Pastors have to be told, you're finished. Because they always have something to say because they want to share with people. They want to give what they know. Amen? But I'm going to have to stop. I can't go through the rest of this right now. But I just want to say that God is great. If you're struggling with unforgiveness in your life, don't believe the whole thing about you have to forgive yourself. You don't forgive yourself. You accept God's forgiveness. It says here that as far as the east is from the west, he has removed his tra- our transgressions from us. Which means if God is big enough not to remember your sins, don't you go around remembering them. You're not the same person you were. It's the work of the enemy if he starts putting in your mind, oh, you'll never make it, you're no good, remember this, remember that. You will be tempted at different times in your area of weakness. Each one of us has certain areas of weakness where we were prone to sin. We will be attacked in those same ways. But do you know what? Say, praise Jesus, I've been forgiven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have victory. Victory may not come immediately, but it will come over time. As you believe God and trust in His Word. Amen? 
There's so much more here. Maybe you'd like to read the rest yourself in your private devotional time. Maybe I didn't make good use of my time. I don't know, but I do have to end or I expect the cane to come yank me off. But I do want to take a moment before we finish here. I mentioned at the very beginning that the soil of our hearts is important. Hopefully, I have said something that God wanted you personally to, to, to hear. And you know what? If he said, that's a word for you. I want you to take a moment and respond to it in your own heart. Do you know what I mean? So let's just pray for a moment. I want you to think, is there something God said to you tonight? Is there something you felt particularly impressed about? Now, the evil one will try to always steal the word right away when we walk out of here. But I want you to make a decision that you're going to remember that, even write down what he told you, and you're going to receive that and not have it stolen from you. Father, I praise you and I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. Lord, I pray that you remind each person what you wanted them to hear tonight. Even something very simple, Lord, that they won't forget. And Lord, I've talked a lot about healing. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone that needs healing here, that the healing power of the Holy Spirit will touch them, even right now spiritually, emotionally, physically. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for letting me share tonight. It's been a challenging evening, but I think we did it. Amen. Nicole.